Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. This is DeRay, and welcome to Posse of the People. In this episode, it's me, Kaya, DR, and Miles, as usual, talking about the news that you don't know from the past week, the news with regard to race, justice, and equity that you missed, but should have been top of mind in all of the national conversations. We talk LSU women's basketball. They won. They won. And all things arts and culture happening with regard to Blackness. Here we go. Let's get free. Family, welcome to another episode of Pod Save the People. We missed you. We're happy to be back. I'm Diara Ballinger. You can find me on Instagram at Diara Ballinger. I'm Miles Johnson. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Pharaoh Rapture. I'm Kaya Henderson. You can find me on Twitter at Henderson Kaya. This is DeRay at D-E-R-A-Y on Twitter. So the headline update is that Donald Trump was indicted. What does this mean? This mean this means that he is going to be <laughs> he is going to be prosecuted by the federal government. It will be the United States of America. Oh no, is it state? Is it just it's the New state? York? Yes, it's New York it's New State. York. Mm-hmm. It's New York State. Um, so it's for you know the, it's it's the back and forth that's been happening. I guess this is going on what seven eight years about some campaign funds that were potentially perhaps paid to Stormy Daniels to keep her quiet. Um, Yeah. So this is happening. He's supposed to appear on Tuesday again, this, this time not made up by him, but in real life. Where's he supposed to appear? In New York. In, 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 court. in the court, in, in Rikers, court. In court. got it. No. <laughs> no, yeah, Rikers. you know he ain't going to no Rikers. Chat. I don't. I don't know nothing. I don't know any. I'm. I'm. I'm plugged uh, in. I avoid the, but there, the the drama. There's a rumor though that they are that when he comes in, they're going to let him bypass the mugshot. Oh yeah, I mean they make those kinds of arrangements for rich people, <laughs> right? Dr. Uh-uh. All the time. High profile. High profile candidates. Let me rephrase. Where do I where do I send the cigarettes? Is what I need to know. <laughs> I'm going to put a, I'm gonna put a Wait, little note on each cigarette. Have you seen the meme? There's a meme with Donald Trump behind bars and Hillary Clinton whispering into the cell. I brought some emails for you to read. Okay. 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 But them emails. But them emails. But them emails. But, you know, that's what they say. They say it all. It's always the small stuff that gets you, right? It's like mm-hmm. never the the big. It's like what Al Capone got taken down on his taxes, taxes of all yeah. the things that that he did. But this and is I think also just two- this is also just the first thing, right? It's just the first thing. Hopefully, hopefully. And well, there's the Georgia election tampering case. There's yeah. a couple of cases brewing, and so this is just the first one. And it's it's a watershed moment because I don't think ever has a. That's I don't think that's exactly true, but 
we don't usually indict former presidents. Even Nixon was not. not We don't. No, we don't usually do that because former presidents also don't usually commit crimes. So I think like the New York Times. Don't say that. Don't say that. You can't swear for nobody. Well, you can. can, Okay. Or they're committing. Don't get up here lying. Well, no, I think, I think that the, I, I had a problem with the New York Times headline because it was like for the first time ever, a, a former president will be yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Cause he committed a crime. I feel like former presidents, listen, it was in the confines of what was ethically responsible <laughs> in in within that time period, within that construct of whatever that political and social landscape was. So it's just, I don't know. I get I get a little vexed with the this is the first time a president and da da da. Yeah, because he committed crime. Yeah, He's got several cases like, pen- pending. Making it seem like the actual indictment is just. It, the indictment is the unprecedented thing where the president is the thing that it, the, the former president is the thing that is the most like new and ridiculous. So we have to do new things that we never done before because exactly. he's bringing like new horrors to the table. Yeah. So how long and is it, he going to be in jail? What's what's going on? I need numbers. He hasn't Listen, even had a re- trial yet. Re- too, oh, early, so, too, too early. It's called manifesting. You see how <laughs> you see how the A and I kick A and I came up with that picture. And then a week Not later, A&I, it was happening. It's AI. That's the A and I. You know, I'm, I'm on my I'm on my grandma talk this morning. Come on, grandma. Come on, grandma. <laughs> wait, Miles, gotta, I thought wait. you were an abolitionist. How you how you want Trump in jail? Hold on, I'm an abolitionist on every day except the ones that end when Trump is going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta put it down. Angela Davis understands. Every mm. we all gotta have our things where we have to just we have to just <laughs> move with the currents of life so okay so this and this there's a couple other tidbits too so he's expected to travel from mar-a-lago of course on monday he is going to surrender himself on tuesday since the indictment came out his campaign raised over five million dollars whoa um one million of those were i don't i don't want i want to get this right because oh 25% 25% of those donations came from first-time donors to him. Nuts. I mean, this this is the danger, right? And this is what he knows, and this is what his team knows, is that this is a galvanizing moment for his base, right? Whatever you feel about big government, whatever you feel about, you know, I, I watched his lawyer. Can I just tell you, his lawyer is hilarious to me. His lawyer's name is Joe Tacopino or something. And around this house, we call him Joey Taco because he seems like <laughs> he seems like that would be his nickname. Anyway, like their thing is, this is a personal matter. This is not a political matter. This was not campaign funds. These were personal funds. Like, and personal, and the government needs to stay out of people's personal stuff. There's a whole lot of people who believe that, who you know, feel like, listen, if you'll go after Donald Trump, you'll go after me. And so this is a galvanizing moment. Your boy DeSantis, who was rising in the polls, is now falling in the polls. And it is fascinating to watch this whole thing play out. I just think, I'm, if I remember correctly, I think in New York City, Tuesday or Wednesday is going to be around a 60-something, 70-something degree day, which means it might be barbecue weather. So I think when this happens, we should just have a barbecue. I'm just, I'm just, cl- I'm just claiming the victory today. Mm. We're recording on Sunday. I know that doesn't mean much for 
um, the listener, but usually we record on Mondays and this is happening on a Sunday and I'm just feeling like we just need to claim the victory. I need, I, I think I need to see Trump go to jail. I think I've, it's I, not even any. This is not just any Sunday either. This is Palm Sunday. Palm this Sunday. is the Palm beginning Sunday. of oh, Jesus' holy trek. Week. Holy Jesus week. Is, holy is, week. is he not making himself known? <laughs> oh, by Good Friday, I need to feel good about going. Because the thing about it is Ash Wednesday first, though. We got Ash Wednesday right after this. Um, no, turn in. no, you, no, we don't. Oh, no, no we, we don't. passed Ash Wednesday. Is, oh, oh you, God. We're going to take you back to Sunday school, babe. You got this all wrong. Vacation Bible No, Good Friday is coming up. Yes. Yeah, that's what I say. Good Friday. Yeah, you're right. But Hallelujah. Wednesday, Wednesday is the Passover. We hope that we hope that this <laughs> indictment does not pass him over. Right? We right. need it to actually happen. Um, but yeah, well, we'll see. Let's let's not link this to my Y'all sweet baby funny. Jesus because <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump don't have nothing yeah, to do with sweet I, baby Jesus. I I do think it's like a moral, not a moral thing, but like a um. Uh, just, just how people feel. I guess, like, it gets moral, but not just like in good and bad, but just like it just feels like he has gotten away with so, 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 so much, so publicly. And I know that he is not the only rich, f- famous, powerful white man who's gotten gotten away with a lot of things using money and using um, political power and social power. But I think it's the nananana boo-boo of how he's been getting away with it that makes it feel like, oh, he, he we need public repercussions for him if there's going to be any type of faith restored in a legal injustice system. Like, we need we need to see, we, we need the cuffs. In other Mouse. news this week, it is March Madness running wild and... Maybe one of the most exciting games of March Madness was the, uh, I guess, the semifinals between Iowa and South Carolina. South Carolina coached by the amazing Dawn Staley, um, who has been undefeated. They are the, they were the defending national champions. Um, and it's a team full of Black girls with lashes and long hair and doing all of the Black girl things. And... They were beat by a team full of white girls and one of the baddest, clearly one of the baddest female players ever, Caitlin Clark. You got to give the people their due. Um, But we were just talking about the double standard in how their emotionalism in games is treated by the media. And I want to shout out Dawn Staley because after her team lost, of course, the media went in and said, you know, how do you feel about people calling your girls bullies? And and, and she basically was like, you're going to keep your player, my player's name out your mouth. We're not thugs. We're not bullies. It's not a bar fight or any of the other derogatory things that you are saying about our girls. We went on, we played ball. That's what it is. And this is like, it's just fascinating to watch white supremacy rear its head in all of these different ways, not just in the usual ways, but on the courts and how to, how the the media portrays these women. Yeah. Kate, you know, Caitlin is an incredible basketball player. So, you know, and I, she did a press conference after the game where it was a model in what you do when you are that good of a player. She shouted out by name the individual people on the team who made it possible for the win to happen. She was like, I got the most points, but but I didn't do it alone. And she is given a grace that the Black girls just simply are not given. That I saw people on Twitter be like, oh, it's the eyelashes. And it's like, 
those are some of the best basketball players we've ever seen. And to just see and hear the coverage of the way that the emotions of the Black women shows up is just gross. It was like, I hope somebody does like a, I hope it's covered on, you know, ESPN not going to do nothing, but I hope that somebody actually picks it up and mainstreams that argument a little more and not just Twitter because it was really frustrating to see. And Angel Reese is that girl, you know, she's a hometown hero. She really is. She can play. She got it. And I like that she talked trash. And when the guys talk trash, that's part of the game, right? Like, that's just what we accept to be real and true. This has been happening since the dawn of Black women in sports. I mean, I'm not, none of this surprises me. Like, even one of my little cousins plays in Minneapolis. She's 15, and she is real good. Um, And this is a thing. Refs, the refs, the parents, coverage of these games. It's always, it, there's always so much racism, right? And I think the frustrating thing is, is sport is such a creative and physical expression. And it's one of those places where you go to try to avoid having to deal <laughs> with racism, institutional racism. It's one of those places where babies can just do their thing. And yet, even in this context, they go up against so much Bullshit, quite frankly. And I think partly this is, you know, I, I'm also just thinking about like the the legacy of like black women basketball players, like from back in, you know, from Cheryl Miller, who was the biggest trash talkingest person ever, probably to play on the women's side. Um, and and who could was good enough to go to the NBA at, at when she was at her um at the height of her game, Cheryl Swoops, Lisa Leslie, all these amazing, incredible players who um, have have set this legacy out, and it it is knowing how hard they had to fight to just establish the sport. Talking in in even conversations around pay equity, we can get into the Brittany Griner of it all. While she has to still play ball in Ru- while she was even in Russia playing ball, I just think this is something we should give a a, a great deal more of, of of thought and support and activism and movement building behind because it's still. We, these young folks still shouldn't be suffering these politics. It's ridiculous. I was just going to shout out that Angel Reese's brother also plays, uh, I think Angel's older. He plays basketball from Maryland. Her her parents both play basketball. Like, I'm just an Angel Reese stan. Like, she really is that girl. Of course girl. you I are a it. Charm City native. Of course you are. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot about basketball at Say all. Say what? I don't know. I do not know a lot about <laughs> basketball. I know it is surprising, um, but I do know a little bit about racism, and well, I know oh. when I <laughs> yes, and I know it when I smell it. And I don't care how well you are doing on that basketball team, um, white woman who is getting uh, public privilege for doing the same emotions that the black girls are getting. That's mm. what your name is to me. And I think in order for you to show that there's actually true alliance and you are actually playing a fair game, it will be righteous, ooh, righteous, for you to get up there and actually name what is happening to you and what's not happening to them. You can still play a game. You can still be competitive. You can still talk your talk your um uh shiznai. We can say that on the on the court, and you can also be a really brave person outside of the court and be a really courageous person outside the court and say, I'm not being treated fairly. I know you can do that. I know you can do it. 
um, the basket. You know what else I was thinking about when I was hearing this? Because I hear so little about basketball because I designed my life to hear very little about basketball. And by, and by proxy, I hear uh, very little about women's basketball because I, if it involves sweating a ball, I'm just, no, but little leaks come through in my, in my, in my world. And I was reminded of Don Imus, that nappy headed blank comment was basketball um, team center too. So I'm thinking what is going on over there? They might need somebody like me (laughs) who does not care either which way it goes (laughs) about the game and just to call out racism. I'll be the other, other referee in the black and white worried about the black and white. Like I don't want to hear ah, anything. Come on, come <laughs> I don't on want to hear, hear any other referee. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything more about that, and I, it just makes me wonder because there's so there's actually so much material in my pop culture mind around women's basketball and racism in in these moments that I'm like, what it makes me want to take the um the hood off and see like what's what's really going on. So just picking up off of a thread from last week, we were all... Did you know 30 million people watched the Gwyneth Paltrow trial last week, this ski thing? And we we talked about it last week. And the long story short is Gwyneth, Gwen, Gwyneth won. She won the case. She won a whole dollar plus all her court fees, which is going to cost this man a ton of money. And... uh and Mr. Woo, you knew you were going to lose that one. When they call that miss, that man up to the stage the second time, up to the, what do you call it? I can't remember. Whatever the legal thing is. Called him to the stand a second time. And they said, sir, if your life is so radically different, isn't this you ziplining in Costa Rica? Ain't this you flying to Paris? Isn't this you doing this, that, and the other, and all of these different places? And he's like, well, uh, yeah, that was it. That was all she wrote. <laughs> no, he and, said, I believe so. It's like, right. so you're parasailing. <laughs> he said, I believe so. What do you, like, you couldn't just, they didn't find you walking down the street. You went whitewater rafting. What? And in what might be the shadiest move ever, on her way out, Gwyneth said, I wish you well. <laughs> Best performance of her career. Honey. She nailed it. Did it. They said, they said the um somebody wrote the her legal fees amounted to her outfits during trial. It's like, I know that's right. Mm. Did it. Listen, no, she. It, it was it was good, good, good entertainment. It made me really a fan of Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't think not that I would didn't like her. I just didn't. There was never a connect with me and her in in her work except the talented Mr. Ripley. Um, so like it was really good to like see her just I don't know just be in control in Prada boots. Oh, I love the Prada boots. She it was she oh sharp. goodness. And just, it really was a level of unbothered that is aspirational. aspirational. Like, no sweating. honey. Unbothered. <laughs> Emphasis yes. on Not aspen. nasty. Aspirational. Yeah. Just <laughs> 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 so, I am yeah. super excited. You know, I, lo- I love, 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 quest love. I'm so glad I actually get to say this because the, the, the public record of me and quest love is a little murky. Um, <laughs> clean I it used, up, clean it up. I, I used to have a column for OK Player. It was my first column, which is owned by Questlove. Um, a couple of years later, I wrote, um, you know, a nice critical article wondering how The Roots, the best rap group ever to exist with one of the best rappers ever exist, was 
playing backup for Mr. at the time, a political um, Jimmy Fallon. And I was like kind of pushing on that whole idea. And then Questlove commented to me with a, with a black thought freestyle. So I am responsible for one of the best freestyles that has happened in the last 10 years because of my critical push. Black feminism and queerness and <laughs> literature works in Shakes culture. But I'm glad to talk about Questlove in a totally positive light. Questlove is directing a live action version of Aristocats. Um, one, of the, one of the reasons why I'm so excited about this, if you don't know about the Aristocats, it is a 1970s film that is about some cats whose owner are about to get rich. And there's alley cats and 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 and, and aristocrats and there's some racist stuff going on in there that I'm I'm sure they're going to wash out and it's 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 a, a really good heartwarming fun funky jazzy film. Um, one of the reasons why I'm most excited about Quest Love directing this specifically is because of his perspective and his taste. Quest Love, um, his the other film that he's um, directed has been the Soul documentary that I thought was stirring. The Soul documentary is about the um, fest, the uh, music festival in the nineteen um, I, was that nineteen sixty nine, and yeah, nineteen sixty nine in um, in Harlem, and it had Nina Simone there. It had um, uh, why am I blinking? Because <laughs> like now I'm only seeing the Nina the um, the Nina, the, the, um, the uh, S- Summer of Soul, excuse me. But now I'm only seeing the um, the Nina like Nina Simone in, fr- in front of the um, from the stage. But anywho, it's just had incredible, incredible, incredible performances in it. It also just kind of contextualized what Black people were doing around the same time of like the Woodstock moment. And I thought that he just was such an uh, uh, a, vi- a visionary of how he um, crafted that. And I you get to see his gaze. My- Mahalia Jackson, Gladys Knight, it's all coming back to me now. David Ruffin, it's all it's all coming back to me now in the flood. No help from our producers. It's just me and my own little memory. Um, all, but it's all, but yeah, it was just such a, it was just such a stirring documentary. And I'm so excited about Questlove's gaze to be on Aristocats because I think it's a chance to really contextualize um, that story in a way that is like Black, that's jazzy. I don't know what he'll be able to get away with because it's still Disney. So I'm sure they're like, we wanted, maybe they want it to be more inclusive, but I would really love for this to be a film that is, you know, just jazzy and and black and a really, really reimagining. Not Lion King, not just a retelling, but with live action animation, but a real reimagining of this story as something that is a part of um, the black jazz and um, funk canon. And I think Quest Love being the director really gives me a lot of hope that that's the that's the way that they're going and it's just it's just an exciting exciting idea once they out the real true tell tell sign will be when we get to hear the everybody wants to be a cat like when we start when we start hearing some of the 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 songs that are famous from that from that and hear the take on it then we'll be like okay oh they're getting funky oh they were playing they were mess- they were playing around so I'm excited about it some people are not some people have been burnt so many times by Disney live action, but it's Sunday. I'm faithful, and um, I, I believe I believe a new day is a new day. So we're not gonna we're not gonna hold Disney for yesterday's sins. We gonna we gonna look to tomorrow's blessings. Are y'all excited? Are you? Do you not care? Did you get responded to with your essays with a freestyle? Tell me. <laughs> no, not everyone can be a culture shaper like you, Miles Johnson. Ooh, 
Kombucha. But I will say that I got excited by this because I don't know if y'all have seen them, but Questlove did this Storyville series where it's animation. It's two animated series, like shows. And one is about the time where Prince asked Questlove to put a party together after yes. one of Prince's concerts. Yes. It is hilarious. Can you send how- it to us? Yes. And the other the other episode was Questlove doing whatever he could to try to get invited to Patty LaBelle's house for dinner. Thanks. He, he, yes. he was giving beats away. He was <laughs> <laughs> they I honestly they are like they they are spectacular, hilarious, so well done animations. But yeah, I'll send them to y'all. So I'm very excited to see this just given what he did just with those two kind of moments that um, that I've been watching over and over over the years. Guys, it's been a rough year. It's going to get rougher and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet. You could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender, do your worst. But we have a better idea for you, which is pick out something from the Crooked store. The store is stocked with tons of new merch. It's perfect for the spring. And classics like the friend of the pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship, depending on how things go. Pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead, a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year, or a hat celebrating your favorite pod. Go to crooked.com slash store to shop. Um, I had no idea that my, I... Sh- my, my comment will be quick. I've never seen it. I'm excited. I don't even know what the Aristocats is. Never seen it. Never oh. listened. Don't know the songs. Oh. So I'm, I'm simple. I I will I will sort of echo that. I mean, I know what the Aristocats is. I didn't see it, I, but I feel like I've seen every other Disney movie. I'm not sure how I missed that. And I didn't even know that I should be excited about it until you brought it to the pod, Miles, because I was like, mm, yeah, so what? But I do think that it is exciting to think about reimagining a Disney classic in a, a completely quest love ish kind of way. You know, when we put our hands on things and remix them, um, it is usually, it ends up being a cultural moment. And so now you got me looking forward to the Aristocats when that was not even on my radar screen. So thank you, sir. Questlove needs to hear that. Questlove needs to hear that. And forgive me. Yeah, he has just a great (laughs) pantheon of like, (laughs) (laughs) and things he's done, like down to the the Soul Train book, which is like a book that I really should gift all y'all, but it's a book of Soul Train that was um, uh, totally done by Questlove. He was in the Soul movie a couple of years ago, which was about this soul, and it was jazzy, and he played the voice of the main character. So it, it oh it, oh the the animated thing, yeah, 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 and, yeah. And I saw course, that. That was good. A, yeah, then of course Summer of Soul and that. So it just made me excited that like, oh, this is who they're choosing to direct it. This might be something that you know will be black and beautiful. So yay! Shout out to Questlove and Black Thought. Um, my news is about uh, Jenny Thomas, Virginia Jenny Thomas, who is the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and her conservative shenanigans that are happening all over this country that seem to go unaccounted for. The latest thing is that um, she led an activist group that received nearly $600,000 in anonymous donations Um that were to wage a cultural battle against the left over the last three years. 
And they found this out as a result of a Washington Post investigation. There is uh, a way that you can um, collect money through another, through somebody else's organization called fiscal sponsorship. And so, for example, I might start a new nonprofit or I might start anything and I might say, DeRay, I want Campaign Zero to be the fiscal sponsor. And that means all of the money goes to Campaign Zero, the tax deductions that people get, get they get from Campaign Zero. But I might be running a completely different operation, hoes and pros, right? And so <laughs> you could give your money to Campaign Zero uh, for my hoes and pros organization, if you'd what, like. What's the, what's the name of that um, Fiscal sponsorship. No, the fix of the, you said hoes and pros. Yeah, that was just my like, got it, got attempt it. to be provocative. <laughs> um, but, but the long story short is it allows Jenny Thomas to collect money and do activities that then are not reported to um, the federal government, the way that other nonprofits need to report. She has a group called Crowdsourcers for Culture and Liberty, and they channeled funds through a right-wing think tank in Washington. Um, and there are all kinds of problems with money that, dark money, right? With money um, from donors who are not publicly identified because <clears throat> lots of those donors oftentimes have conflicts of interest. And so Ginny uh, Thomas is particularly well-known because she is a very active conservative operative um, who has been, um, uh, she's been tied to the whole election denying thing and really working at the highest um, seats of our government to get folks to deny um President Biden's electoral win. She has been criticized for entertaining people who have um, business before the Supreme Court. And in all cases, she and her lawyers say, Clarence Thomas don't have nothing to do with this. She doesn't, whatever, whatever. And it's hard to believe that there's this much smoke on this lady and nobody has done anything to really hold her, her or her husband accountable. And so- there's a whole long article, and I, I, it's not even worth, maybe it is worth the time. It's not worth the time enumerating the details. You can go back and read it. But I'll say this, and that is the Republicans are out here doing everything in every way possible, and oftentimes avoiding the same level of scrutiny that they want to cast upon the Dems. And so if we don't know that these things are happening, then we wake up three years later and realize, why are we in the midst of culture wars? It's because Jenny Thomas and her friends have been orchestrating this thing for the last few years and beyond that. So I bring that here because you need to know how the people are moving. It will always, it will always shock me at like the, um, the, 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 the publicness or the, or the bold, the, no better word, the boldness of people who know that they're doing things that are um, legally ambiguous, if I'm being the most polite, you know, and they'll be at the the loudest ones, and they'll be doing things that are that that are adjacent to uh, money laundering, and then they'll also be the loudest ones about a presidency being fake. And you would think if you were doing something that crooked, or if you were doing crooked things, you would be quiet. You would you would you 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 wouldn't talk about it, but it's but it's the um the boldness that always perplexes me. Thank you for bringing this to the um to the podcast because 
you know, I was sleeping too well and you and you always make sure that that doesn't happen for too long, Auntie Gaia. What I'll say is um it goes this is just it goes without saying if the if Jenny Thomas is black, this would be wall-to-wall coverage. We'd be hearing about it every day, stole the country, da-da-da. Like it would be nonstop news. The second thing is that there is something around um and I don't, this is not the right language, but the left is so intent on playing fair. Like that's the language people use and sort of like above the fray and da da da. da. And it's like, we are in the mud. We're here. The mud is here. So trying to play as if you will keep, have clean hands, we're in the mud. We're already here. So when I think about AOC holding down the like public narrative, like AOC is probably the best communicator on the left who just sort of says the thing. Like she fought Amazon in New York and got beat up for it, but she was right. And it's like more of the left needs to coherently say like, hey, this, the Jenny stuff ain't making sense, y'all. It's not making sense. And I do worry about this, the, the desire to like, quote, play fair and above the fray. It's like we're in, we're in the, we are in the mess. What were you going to say, Kai, about the Amazon thing? No, I was I was just going to say, I don't know if she was right, because the whole reason for her opposing Amazon was because she didn't fundamentally understand the idea that cra- tax credits are not real cash. And so her position was, and we don't, I mean, we don't have to talk about this, but her position was, let's not use this money for Amazon, let's use this money for other things, infrastructure, education, blah, blah, blah. There is no money, right? There were credits. And so credits. and so her, her constituents actually lost lots and lots of jobs. But, you know, whatever. I'm not a Queen's constituent. Wait, but Amazon, but my, my push is that Amazon didn't actually finish. She didn't believe them zooming out. She didn't believe that they actually were going to finish building the thing. And then when they went to Virginia, they didn't finish. They just stopped construction on that building. That's what I, but your push about tax credits taken. Okay. We are talking about the highest court in the land. The highest court in the land. I do not understand why this woman is not more scrutinized. Indicted. Indicted. I feel like she's having teas with Marjorie Taylor, whatever her name is. Like, I just, like, who are they consorting with? And what are they doing? And the fact that they're raising hundreds of thousands of dollars to do misinformation, disinformation, whatever they're doing, is shocking and scary. And I just can't, I, I, I can't believe this. I mean, I'm even thinking like, not even if, you know, Jenny Thomas was white, but what if, you know, someone in Justice Sotomayor's family was doing this or someone in Kataji's family was doing this? It'd be an absolute... No, and it'd be everywhere. So the fact that this woman, I mean, just think how long Clarence Thomas has been on the bench. How long? So there, I think we're just kind of getting to the beginnings of what her antics have been and what she has been up to. It's shocking to me. So my news, I thought it was, I, I saw it and I got so excited and then I realized I missed it. I missed it. So a month ago, The Sojourner Truth Festival, film festival, happened at the University of Chicago. Evidently, the original festival, the original Sojourner Truth Festival, happened in 1976. It was organized by Margot Jefferson, Patricia Spears, Patricia Spears Jones, Faith Ringel, Monica Freeman, and Michelle Wallace. Mm, 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 mm. To have been a fly on the wall in 1976. 
Um, it was, a, you know, it was the Sojourner Truth Festival of the Arts. It was a celebration of Black feminist art, a space that fostered collaboration between artistic mediums. So what I found fascinating, Miles, I think you'll find this fascinating too, is that in the late 1970s, Black women like Faith Ringgold and Audre Lorde were basically like, we've, we kind of made an imprint in literature and visual arts. What we need to do, though, is to penetrate filmmaking, documentary making. And so their idea was to get up and coming filmmakers, documentarians, um, and these like literary and visual art giants together to figure out how to strategize around really creating more space, more impact in film. I mean, you can see there's also like the program for this festival in 1976 and you would die to see the program, like the panels and the conversations. It's like into Shaki Shange and Audrey Lorde. What? Oh, mind blown. Um, so anyhow, the, the festival, like it, 40 years have gone by, another festival hasn't happened. And what ended up happening is a film scholar, Haley O'Malley, um, was doing some archival work and f- basically came on to find that this happened in 1976. Um, and, you know, kind of had some conversations with some other folks, um, Nadia Field, who's at the University of Chicago, um, and they decided to put this film festival together again. And they partnered with Michelle Wallace, who was at the original festival. So she became very much a part of this one. And I just thought this was just fabulous because even 40 years later, this the, the discussion is still very much black women. Um, and, and we've had this conversation with, you know, with the Oscars and lack of nominations, et cetera, et cetera. But black women still have such a long way to go in filmmaking, being able to have, you know, access to know how to make a film, having access to funding to, to make a film. So this festival also paid homage to Madeline Anderson, who began, who began making documentaries in the 1950s. Um, she was called the Grandmama of Black Women's Filmmaking. And in 1976, at the original festival, she received the Woman of the Year Award. So I just wanted to bring this to the pod because I just thought this was the sweetest piece of news. And Miles, I can't believe we missed this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we, we need we need Mojax on the good cultural things happening around the nation. Come on now. Just, Come like, on. What's going on? <laughs> Listen, makes- Julie Dash was there. Barbara McCullough was there. I mean, living for this festival. So shout out to all the organizers involved. Let's make this an annual thing. Julie Dash has a book with bell hooks that um, I keep by my my bed. And as I've been just doing more things in theater and film and stuff like that, I've returned to that book so much. And what I love about this this, the original f- film festival and it bringing it back is that it also bring t- makes room for Black women filmmakers who are not necessarily interested in the mainstreaming of their ideas and of their film and their storytelling. And I think that now it's been the 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 new the the new the, the first frontier was just making it 
<laughs> and getting a thing. And I need, I think the new frontier is how do we make space for stories to be told that are not interested in the in the in the edits and the push and pulls you have to do in order to be a blockbuster hit. And I and I and I return to um, Julie Dash so much because Daughters of the Dust. It was just, it just um, it, it 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 has just echoed in people's in 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 people's art to this day. Of course, we know because Beyonce um, ref- referenced that again in Lemonade in a different way. But when I just look at, I, I can literally do a daughter to the dust till now and show how the ways that we picture people, how how we imagine things, how that film has has done has has totally influenced it. And I only think that if Julie Dash, for whatever reason, was just interested in no, there's no hate to waiting to exhale. But if she was only interested in how do we make waiting to the exhale or how do we, you know, create th- this this most commer- this new soul food, then we wouldn't have something that is so um was so aesthetically uh, bold and 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 game changing. Thank you for bringing this, and let's just can we email them see what's going on next. Can we pass out water? You know, you know I will be in touch. I will be in touch with the organizers. Okay. I thought this was, thanks for bringing this, Tiara. Um, I, you know, I deeply, deeply believe that people need to know where they come from in order to know where they're going. And so the thing that was most exciting to me was the connection between this 1976 symposium and then this symposium. I think it's also really important for the youngs, and I'm going to operate in my full auntiehood right now, to understand that like, not only do we stand on the shoulders of giants, thank you to all of those women, but also this stuff is not new, and y'all ain't the first folks fighting for freedom. And by drawing these intergenerational connections, right, Um, then the future movement is strengthened, right? And so cool for them to bring back 95-year-old Madeline, um, somebody's going to tell me what the lady's name, Madeline Anderson, and cool for um, the newer filmmakers to be able to touch and feel the Julie Dashes of the world, and cool that they get to um, mentor and inform one another, inform the future of of Black women in filmmaking. And so I say that from a place of love, like we need to, other other communities understand the intergenerational connections. And I think sometimes we do, but sometimes we don't. And so it is heartening to me when I see these kinds of opportunities, reflecting on our past in order to inform our future. I'll say... um... This this episode has been my arts learning. Like, didn't know what the Aristocats was. Uh, had never heard of this film festival. And so, so thank you both for bringing these culture pieces that, that are really teaching me. Uh, when I think about this, two things come to mind. Kai, you're right. As an organizer, I always remind myself that I didn't uh, discover injustice and I didn't invent resistance, right? Both way before me, I get to, I have new tools that they just, could only dream about. And that is what makes this moment very different is that the way the pace we can organize technology has just changed the way we can do the work, but the work has remained, unfortunately, largely present. The second thing is while we talk so much about the organizers of these events, I'm always reminded that when we talk about community building, community is built, it's an action. And that if not for the people submitting to these festivals, there is no festival, right? Like 
there are, there are all the unnamed people who actually mm-hmm. power all of the things. Mm-hmm. We as organizers, as leaders, we can make that, you know, you can open up a school, but if don't nobody come, it's not a school, right? Mm-hmm. You can open up an after school program and if nobody comes, it's not out. You can write the essay that if, if nobody ever reads it, it doesn't have the impact, right? And I worry sometimes that we forget all the unnamed people who make the thing a thing. All the people who came to Summer of Soul, who made it, you know, they, Bobby, you know, Mahalia can scream into the void and if nobody's listening, it's not a, you know, and, and I and I want that, that, DR, your news reminded me of that, that, that there is a legacy that the 70s reminded us about the power of community and that people have, people power the thing. Organizers make the frame, but people power the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's my Palm yes, Sunday message. Yes, yes, yes. Um, my new, I have the depressing news on the pod today. You just got to keep us grounded. Uh, my news is about um, the cost of digital stamps. So in most states, so there are 14 states that have, that have wholesale banned physical mail. So, you know, there's that. So the only way to send something is through virtual mail. So like a, a mail client on a tablet, that's the way this works. And Prison Policy Initiative just put out an analysis of the amount of a, a digital stamp is, is how we think about them in organizing. In some states, a digital stamp is as high as 44 50 cents Um and think about that, to send an email with the character limit. So this is not like an unlimited, this is not like a write what you want. To send one email with the character limit, 50 cents, that is in, uh, let me pull up the state, that is in the glorious state of Arkansas. I mean, Texas is 47, so it might as well be 50. And the dirty little secret, because I've had to do this with people I've been communicating with who are incarcerated, is you send one, you, you pay to send your email, you pay for a digital stamp. Again, it's an email, there's no cost there. You prepay for a stamp for them to write you back. You might even buy, quote, a book of stamps for them. So you, like, just sending one communication might be $5 in the end because you're like, you know, if it's a long email, it's a couple things, if you're sending a picture. And mind you, the wages for people incarcerated is really low, right? Some places, 30 cents a day, 40 cents a day, a dollar a week. So... It doesn't seem like a lot of money, but the idea that you pay to send emails in email, like an individual email, every is just so wild. And Prison Policy Initiative, an organization that I'm obsessed with, they are amazing. Go visit Prison Policy Initiative, everybody. They just did this analysis that I had never seen before and really lit a fire under me. Just when we thought you could not go any lower in the exploitation of the incarcerated, there's this, right? Um, And I, you know, I am, you say it all the time, DeRay, like just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, there is something worse. Um, I mean, who is responsible for the interests of the incarcerated? Like, where is the voice for reason and humanity? Like, there is the... The So thankful to the Prison Policy Institute and a bunch of people who are doing this work across the country. I know that there is a voice. Um, but our willingness to treat incarcerated people like they are not people is pretty astounding. Um, and we see it in everything from, you know, how they treat women in jail to we've we've 
talked about countless cases um, and issues on this podcast, but I just, the level of corporate greed, the unrestricted, you know, um, access for corporations to exploit these folks is, it's just unmatched. Like there's no other population that we just let people run roughshod over like our incarcerated folks. Um, and I don't know, y'all are going to tell me what to do about that, but it's pretty sickening. Yeah, echoing those thoughts, just really disgusting. It, it, it almost makes me want to wonder, like, if I'm hearing this correctly, because I'm like, well, stamps were a thing created when you have physical mail for a purpose, and they just just kept that just to, now it's just to make money. Like, there's no, I, I, the, 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 the exploitation kind of is like 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 throwing my head in a circle. It's really disgusting, and um, I thought about this last week, or maybe a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about another thing. I was like, we should just make, or I, I was just like, there should just be a list, or I should just make a list of things like this that are happening in prisons. Just a comprehensive like boom 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 boom, boom bullet point because I'm always baffled by the things I didn't know that are happening that are making sure that prisoners' lives are subhuman. Dure, this is also, so this company, Securus, remember when we talked about... (laughs) (laughs) No, but remember a few weeks ago... She's she's looked at the board, everybody. That's what we're about to get to. That's right. (laughs) But it's the same umbrella company. Remember when we were talking about Rikers and what were we talking about there? We were talking about phone calls, right? Charging for phone calls and then further looked into it and even like ankle monitoring. So this company, so it's it's 50% of, they, they now own or controlling 50% of when it comes to these, these emails, charging for these emails, but also clearly monitoring so many, like over and owning so many other aspects of corrections and also um, corrections, but also once people are, are, you know, are, are released still part of the process and getting paid for monitoring those folks that are still under police super, like court supervision. So all that to say, it is just, we should just spend a week doing a deep dive on this company and who these people are and really how much they're, how much they're controlling and also who they're lobbying to ensure that they get all of these contracts. Cause they're just winning contracts. Like that's what it is across all of these States. Wow. Boom. Well, that's it. Thanks so much for tuning in to Pods of the People this week. Tell your friends to check it out and make sure you rate it wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts or somewhere else. And we'll see you next week. Pods of the People is a production of Crooked Media. It's produced by AJ Moultre and mixed by Evan Sutton. Executive produced by me. And special thanks to our weekly contributors, Kai Henderson, D.R. Ballinger, and Miles E. Johnson. Pods of the People is brought to you by BetterHelp. Now, whew, y'all, the beginning of this year has just been a lot going on, like from work and family and friends and just, you know, the weather's been awful in New York City and Baltimore. There are a lot of stressors happening, big and small, and we keep them bottled up. It can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com people today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash people.